There's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Gallo way. Welcome in to the Gallo way podcast, episode number three. I'm your host, William Galloway, and I've got a great show for you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We're going to go all around the world of sports. We're going to discuss some basketball, some football, some baseball, some softball, NFL. I mean, you name it, we'll, we'll hit it today. Um, very excited for this show. We've got Will Elliott, who's going to join us, if you don't know who Will Elliott is. Later on in the program, the Alabama student. Um, he's a senior. He's also a guitarist for the Old South Band. Um, you should give him a follow on Twitter at Will underscore Elliot 22. We'll get to him shortly, but we're going to kick off the show today with some Alabama basketball. Alabama is now 12-7 and overall, and they're 3-3 three and three in conference play. Last week, the Tide went 1-1. One and one. They split games. They defeated Ole Miss and then lost to Baylor. So let's jump into that. We've got some Alabama basketball analysis to do, some breakdowns, and then I asked a Twitter question, and we're going to make sure that the best responses get some airtime here on the Galloway podcast, so let's get to it. Last week, Alabama defeated Ole Miss, who was number 20 at the time, 74-53 to in Coleman Coliseum. That was a huge win for the Crimson Tide. They went on Saturday and... They went on on Saturday to Waco, Texas, and faced the Baylor Bears. They lost in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and that was 73-68 final in Waco. So split games there. Um, an interesting week for Alabama, definitely, because you know you got the SEC win. You protected the home court against Ole Miss. That was big. I mean, it was a 21-point win. Got out to a huge lead. That you know Alabama was up 42 to 26 at the half, and. A lot of fans were probably thinking, okay, you know, is Alabama going to blow this lead? This is a huge lead. Didn't blow it. Won by 21. uh, Emptied the bench. And everybody got to play for Alabama. And it was so that game against Ole Miss was just huge. The Crimson Tide played really well. The fewest points allowed all season by Alabama, only giving up 53. And that was big, especially for a midweek game in Coleman Coliseum couple stats from that game. John Petty continued his streak of playing really well. He had 15 points. Dante Hall had his fourth consecutive double-double with 11 points and 10 rebounds against the Ole Miss Black Bear Rebel Landsharks, whatever you call them. Galen Smith had 10, so the final score there, 74-53. to Alabama over Ole Miss. They improved to 12-6. and They're now 12-7 and after they went to Waco and lost to Baylor, 73-68. to you know, that game in Baylor was was tough. It was part of that SEC Big 12 challenge, and so you, you take a break from conference play. You step out, and you think, okay, well, this, this game matters, of course, because every game matters for your tournament resume, but it doesn't have implications on your SEC standings because, again, you step out of conference, you know, play a non-conference game in the middle of January, which is kind of a good break, I guess. But it's it's never good when you lose a game, um, especially one that you know you're, I think expected to win, and and obviously you're expected to win every game, and you want to go into to the game with that mentality. But um, especially playing the way that Alabama played, it was it was tough to see you know them not finish in the end and and fall short. But Alabama looks to bounce back against Mississippi State, and that is another ranked opponent. Going back to that Baylor game, though, uh, like I said, 12 lead changes and 12 ties. Riley Norris played extremely well. He had 16 points. He was 6-for-6 six six from the field, including 4-of-4 four four from three-point land. Um, one thing that was tough for Alabama, Baylor beat Alabama 18-9 to in second-chance points. And so, you know, when you give up offensive rebounds and let up nearly 20 second-chance points, you're not doing yourself any favors. Uh, it, this was interesting. Alabama started the game with 26 points in a row in the paint, so no points from beyond the arc, which I thought was interesting, uh, especially granted the way that Petty had been playing the last couple of games. Alabama was pounding the paint, and I believe only two of those points came from Dante Hall. He only had two points in the first half, and so for Alabama to score 26 points in the paint, the first 26 points of the game, uh, first 26 points of the game for Alabama, 
in the paint was big and only two to come from Dante Hall. So it showed the versatility of the Crimson Tide team in that loss. It was upsetting that the team lost, but that's okay. Alabama went 1-1. One one. It was a non-conference game, as I mentioned. I tweeted out earlier this week, I said, what are your thoughts on Alabama basketball? I said, the win versus Ole Miss, the loss at Baylor, the best responses will be mentioned on episode three of the podcast. So here we are, and we're going to look through some of those podcast tweet responses. Uh, One of the best ones I thought came from Christian Schweers at Coach Schweers. Basketball is a marathon, not a sprint. They have played well recently prior to running into a hot Baylor team on the road, keeping it in perspective after they win as well as after they lose would be the best practice. The real question is, are they improving from game to game? Coach Schweers, the head coach of the Huntsville Panthers um, in 7A basketball, brilliant basketball mind. And, you know, he has, he has a great – he makes a great point right here. I thought this was one of the best responses. Uh, it is a marathon, not a sprint. And you can't win every game. You know, you'd like to, and that's your goal, and you aim to win night in and night out and go 1-0 and and 1-0. and But it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so you got to pace yourself. you got to take your time. Like, like Coach Weir said, um, Baylor's playing well at the time. You know, they've been playing well in their conference, and then that was a home game for them. And it's important to keep it in perspective, as Coach Schweer said. The real question is, are they improving from game to game? And that's the most important part as a team because you want to hit your stride. Right now it's important to be playing really well, but you want to hit your stride as you go into um, the heat of conference play, which we're already in. But especially at the high school level, you, know, you want to hit your stride in area play. At the college level, you want to hit your stride in conference play. And you want to improve from game to game so that by the time you reach the tournament, whether if you're in high school, whether you're in the area tournament or you're in college and you're in the conference tournament, you got to be playing your best basketball at that point so you can then advance into either the playoffs in high school or the tournament in college basketball. And so a uh, great point there from Coach Schweers. Let's see what else we have here. Alex Brim says, thanks for having me on the podcast, Bill. The team has definitely shown more energy and grit as of late, battling very well. Defense versus Ole Miss was great. Against Baylor, the offense struggled with the zone early and improved throughout. Michael Tortorisi says, we live and die by the outside shot, hit a few more threes earlier in the game, and we win today, talking about Baylor. The more we hit, the more the floor opens up. And then we hit on all cylinders, i.e. Ole Miss, just my opinion. Looking at a couple more here, we're looking at Twitter responses from my question of what are your thoughts on Alabama basketball in the state that it's currently in after splitting games last week against Ole Miss and Baylor. Sid Trent called it more like a tale of two teams, which I thought was interesting. Sometimes you see one Alabama team, sometimes you see another, and so some fans consider it to be a tale of two teams. Uh, As Sid Trent said, Cameron Smith said the definition of this team is still inconsistency. Alabama can play with almost any team in the country on a good day, and the next game lose to your favorite middle school team. If they could figure, if they could ever figure it out and put it all together, watch out. You know, uh, some people think that Alabama is really consistent at being inconsistent. We've seen Alabama get up for the big games and beat the Arizonas and the Kentuckys, but we've also seen them lose. Against at home against Texas A&M and Georgia State blowing leads. And so that's tough to see, and that is definitely a mark of inconsistency. But it goes back to Christian Schwer's point of being better and getting, uh, becoming a better team and improving from game to game. T. Barnes says, Bama basketball makes me furious! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Beat the mess out of Ole Miss and almost beat the number one team in Knoxville, but lose on the road to average Baylor, where you have height advantage and are killing them in the paint then stop hitting layups. Beat UK at home, beat six-ranked opponents, angry emoji face. You know, that's a good point that Alabama almost beat uh, Tennessee and Knoxville and, you know, beat the mess out of Ole Miss. And it's a frustrating loss against um, against Baylor on the road. Did you know that Alabama, when they traveled to Baylor, were, the, the team was supposed to leave that Friday afternoon I think it was around 3 or 4. It was mid-afternoon. They were supposed to go get into Waco and then have a shoot-around, get to bed, wake up, and have another shoot-around before the game. The team didn't leave Tuscaloosa until 10 p.m. From what I hear, uh, 
screening agents and TSA people had to come from had to come to the Tuscaloosa Regional Airport from Memphis because there were no workers there to check Alabama in as they left their chartered flight from Tuscaloosa to go to Waco, and so they had to wait until 10 p.m. They didn't get into their hotel or until around 1 and didn't get shots up until they were in warm-ups, you know, an hour before the game. They hadn't been inside the building and inside the, the gym at Waco, in Waco against Baylor, and so that was tough. Obviously, you're not going to make any excuses. Alabama started the game, like I said, with 26 straight points in the paint, and so, you know, something was going right. But the team was a little tired, and that's not an excuse. However, that is a circumstance surrounding the game on Saturday. David Hoth said Kyra is only a child, except I think we've seen Kyra Lewis play above and beyond his years, proving to be one of the best, if not the best, player on the team right now. And Kyra's youth, it's fun to make jokes about. And, you know, that's some funny content on Twitter, but he is truly an elite point guard, only as a 17-year-old. And he is playing extremely well in conference play, out of conference play. Being a leader on this team at his age has something is something that has been phenomenal to see. So those are some of the best Twitter responses from my question of what are your thoughts on Alabama basketball this week. Hopefully we'll get some more responses in the future and we can get thank you to everyone that responded. I apologize if I did not get to your tweet, but thank you for interacting and um sharing your thoughts on Alabama basketball so that I can share them on the podcast. Moving on now to our next section of the Gallo Way podcast, episode three, we are going to talk about Alabama football. You know, it's, it's late January, towards the end of January. What's going on with Alabama football? Obviously, the loss to Clemson hurt, and everyone is, is getting over that by either watching Alabama basketball, getting ready for baseball, gearing up for softball, you know, diving into gymnastics, whatever it is. Uh, Alabama football is in full swing in in terms of Operation 2019, if you will. Uh, The the football team announced that the 8A game will be Saturday, April 13th at 1 p.m. So that mark your calendars for that, that Saturday at 1 p.m., the 8A game. If you want to see a King Cobra fight another King Cobra come into Bryant-Denny Stadium, that day and watch as Alabama plays the best team in the country itself. You know, to me, that game is always fun. That's the first game where we ever saw Tua play in an Alabama jersey, and everybody was mind-boggled at how well he did. And, of course, he's grown from there, and, you know, you just get to see the future of Alabama football. You get to see the best go against the best, And that's always really fun. So Saturday, April 13th at 1 p.m., the Alabama football 8A game. What else is going on? Alabama football players played in the Senior Bowl. Isaiah Bugs and Ross Pierce Baker played for the South team. Uh, The South did not win. Team North beat Team South 34-24. I guess you call them Team North and Team South. One team was wearing a black jersey and one was wearing an orange jersey in the 70th annual Reese's Senior Bowl. The Alabama players shined, though. Pierce Baker anchored the offensive line for the South, and Bugs had three tackles. Uh, Bugs also played next to Auburn's defensive tackle, Dontavious Russell. And Russell recorded four tackles and a forced fumble. And so the state of Alabama, you know, was, was really shining in that game. Jared Stidham also played for the South. And once again, North beats the South 34 to 24. Isaiah Bugs and Ross Piercebacher representing the Alabama Crimson Tide in the Reese's Senior Bowl. Also in Alabama football, Terrell Shavers, the wide receiver who just finished his redshirt freshman season with Alabama, wears jersey number 14, practiced with a baseball team on Saturday. WVUA 23 Zach Tigert reported that Brad Bohannon will monitor his progress and they will go from there. But Terrell Shavers, his Twitter uh, header picture is him playing baseball and him, you know, from in a in a baseball uniform in a picture from practice on Saturday. So we'll keep an eye on Terrell Shavers, the Alabama wide receiver, also Alabama baseball player currently. Of course, uh, Keith Holcomb played Alabama football and baseball, and he switched over this past year to just baseball. And so obviously we'll see, we'll monitor and track Shavers' progress as he continues his stint with the Alabama baseball team. He's from Louisville, Texas, 
And uh, interesting fact that you didn't ask for about Terrell Shavers, but I'm sharing with you because this is my podcast. I had a media tools and technologies class with him last semester, so that's cool. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. And so we've got the A-Day game scheduled. We've got Alabama seniors in the Senior Bowl, Ross Pierce-Baker and Isaiah Bugs. Terrell Shavers is playing baseball. Also, the football team posted a video on Twitter and Instagram uh, 16 days after losing to Clemson in the national championship. Captioned it, day one, hold nothing back. And so 16 days after the national championship, the football team was back to work in the weight room. Uh, and I don't remember the spring fourth quarter program starting this early, you know, 16 days after the national championship loss. But uh, Saban seems ready to get back to work, and who am I to question the process? And so um, I'll just leave it at that. So the Alabama fourth quarter program and football players are getting after it in the weight room. Uh, you know, let's, let's take a look at Tua. Everyone wants to know, what's our quarterback been up to? Well, of course, the team workouts. He's probably doing some individual workouts as well. Uh, he posted on his Instagram stories of him going to Hawaii, where he watched his little brother Talia play in the Polynesian All-American Bowl. Uh, and so if you follow Tua on Instagram, you probably saw that from his Instagram stories. You've also probably been seeing that Tua has been playing a lot of Fortnite, but that's not new. And so that is my update on the Alabama quarterback. And so instead of talking about the quarterback situation last year, where all offseason it was Jalen Hurts versus Tua Tungavailoa, we're talking about Tua playing Fortnite this offseason because he seems to comfortably have that starting job. Alabama football coaches. Oh, boy. This is just a circus. So here's where we're going to go with this. We're going to talk about the coaches, but I'm not going to do a full report and go in-depth about it until uh, we can get confirmation on who's who's here and who's not because – as of right now, uh, defensive line coach Craig Kuligowski, Coach Cool as he's called, is still on staff and is rumored to not return. Um, you've got Charles Huff from Mississippi State on Twitter. Uh, he's been out tweeting stuff like hashtag outwork yesterday, and he's been doing some recruiting for Alabama, but there's been no official announcement from the program. Um, so Charles Huff from Mississippi State, his Twitter handle is at Coach Huff. Virginia Tech, um, and a former assistant at Virginia Tech, Holman Wiggins, was congratulated by the Virginia Tech uh, coaching staff on Twitter on his new position with Alabama. However, if you look at RollTide.com, the coaching staff uh, is listed, and he is not on there yet. And so I think right now it's, it's Nick Saban, Jeff Banks, Pete Golding, Craig Kuligowski, Coach Cool, Coach Panunzio, Joe Panunzio, the running backs coach, Carl Scott, Scott Cochran, Burton Burns, and Ellis Ponder. So nine coaches. Yeah, I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That is nine coaches on the uh, the coaching staff list right now on RollTide.com. And so moves are being made, and Saban is hiring his staff, and people have been rumored to be here in Tuscaloosa or out recruiting, but uh, right now, there's have been no official announcements from the university. There's just been people on Twitter talking and reports, and obviously some people are coming, and Saban's replacing his staff slowly, and people are already here working, but there has just been no official announcement. So in a later podcast on the Gallo Way podcast, we will discuss Alabama football assistance, but that is the latest in that category, so I'm going to leave it at that, and the full report will be coming soon to a future podcast. Again, this is the Galloway Podcast. I'm your host, William Galloway. You can follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. Please tweet me if you have any questions, comments, or concerns um, about the show or uh, any suggestions. I'm open to any and all suggestions, and I love and appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to kick it over now to a pre-recorded interview with Will Elliott. Um, Will Elliott is joining the Galloway Podcast right now. Joining us now on the Gallo Way podcast is our guest for episode three, Will Elliott. Will is a student at Alabama. He's a guitarist for Old South Band. Big Alabama fan. He's a senior student here at the Capstone. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should definitely give him a follow at Will underscore Elliott 22. Will, how you doing? 
I'm doing well, man. How are you? I am great. We're having a good podcast so far, and we've got some Alabama baseball to talk. So let's let's get to it. Uh, Alabama baseball is spring practice is underway, and last year the team went 27 and 29. They went eight and 22 in conference play. However, they were 22 and 13 at home. Will, what are your some what are some expectations you have of this year's Alabama baseball team? You know, I think it's a uh, it's a ton of it's a ton of new faces. I'll be honest. I looked at the roster. I've been I've been so busy lately. It's kind of snuck up on me, which it always does after Christmas. You get through Christmas and then boom, baseball's here. Um, a ton of new faces on the roster. Uh, a lot of guys from uh, north of the uh, the Mason Dixon, which is a genius recruiting job. Uh, by Coach Bohannon, but we know that's what he does best. Um, I, you know, I think they're headed in the right direction for sure. I mean, I, I always look at it as it could never be any worse than 2017. So um, I, I think we'll be – I mean, we were competitive last year except for a few series, so I think we'll uh, we'll turn some heads, and I don't think it'll be, um, you know, an easy, an easy series for anybody. I mean, I know the SEC is just brutal with how good they are, but I don't think you can just look at the schedule and – call it a sweep or an easy series um, anymore, a lot more competitive. And um, like you said, it is, uh, you know, the Joe can be a very tough place to play. We have a right field packed out. So hopefully we'll uh, have some good crowds out there. It's fun. You can drink and bring your dogs. So there's no reason not to come. (laughs) Yeah, Will, tell us more about the right field Rangers environment and kind of the um, the aspect that the students bring to the baseball games, because I know you've been involved uh, with that and kind of being one of the right field leaders for years, um, in addition to everything else that you do. But kind of talk about the impact that students can have even at a baseball game for Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, I was the president uh, of, of the right field student section. I turned that over to my uh, good buddy, Hunter Lutzen. He's going to, uh, he took over this year. I have a lot of, um, I'm going to be at a lot of games, but I have a lot of band kind of conflicts since we usually play on the weekends. Um, so I'll mostly be at like Sunday games and uh, weekday games. Um, but yeah, I was I was involved with right field, and it, it really is a good time. Like it's a good chill, laid back environment, and especially if you're planning on going out afterwards. Like I said, you can you can have a few beers out there and uh, support the team at the same time. I know the players love it when it's packed out there, and it certainly does give us uh, give the team a boost. Um, so I think we'll have some good crowds out there. Um, the weather plays a big, uh, effect into it, but usually by March it's kind of warmed up. So hopefully, uh, like I said, we'll have some good crowds out there. Absolutely. We're talking with Will Elliott on the Gallo Way podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Will underscore Elliott 22, the Alabama student guitarist for Old South Band and friend of the show. So Will, we're talking Alabama baseball, uh, the right field Rangers, as you just mentioned, uh, had an effect on the team last year. The, the team was 22-13 and 13 at home. Again, you were talking about conference play. The team struggled in conference play going 8-22. and 22. But uh, let's talk about the schedule. The, the games start in February, and so it's a little cold, but uh, everyone's still encouraged to come out. You look at the first home games for Alabama, and it's a three-game series versus Presbyterian starting up February 15th, and then you've got some midweek games with Jacksonville State, Alabama State, in Alabama State as well. You've got a home series with Ball State, and then a midweek series with North Alabama, North Alabama, North Alabama, Alabama, you know, 10 to 12 games, whatever that is, at home. How big is that for the baseball team and the students to have all those home games to start the season? Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think it's a big deal. I mean, it um, certainly helps the guys, you know, starting off the season at home. And, you know, it's nice. Those are, those are very winnable games and very winnable series. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to, to <laughs> beat, you know, uh, Presbyterian than it is to beat LSU and, and stuff. So I, I think it'll be a good confidence boost, especially for with the team being so young. Um, they could probably use the confidence because I know the difference between high school and college is a huge difference, I'm sure. Um, I can't really say because I've never, you know, played in college, but you, I'm sure it's a difference. Um, but, yeah, it's a great time, too, for the students to come out and uh, get used to coming to games and, and bring in some friends and make it a – make it a habit because um, after spring break it kind of goes by pretty quick because you know you still have four series after summer um, summer break starts I mean it, you know school's usually out the first week of May and then you still have three weeks of the season before the SEC tournament even starts 
So, uh, you know, it's there. there's a lot of games, but there aren't a lot of games. So, you know, it is important to come out to games if you can. It'll, it'll be fun. Everybody will bundle up and uh, bring some cold ones out and bring their dogs. And February 15th is when the baseball season kicks off versus Presbyterian at home. Will, Terrell Shavers was spotted at practice on Saturday. Do you have any further information on that? Because from what we've seen on Twitter – it's it's only you know he's an outfielder and he practiced with a team and um, as I talked about earlier on the show, uh, WVUA twenty three Zach Tiger reported that Brad Bohannon will monitor his progress. But of course the Alabama uh, wide receiver who just finished his redshirt sophomore or excuse me redshirt freshman season as we talked about earlier in the show um, is is on the baseball team currently. What do you know about that? Uh, from what I've heard, he's uh, you know it, he had a lot of time off. You know, obviously football is a full time, full time deal. But I mean, apparently he was pretty good in in high school, and uh, he's you know super super athletic. Obviously, he's playing football for Alabama, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it, it'd be nice. If you, you know, you need all the depth you can get with how long of a season it is. So I guess we'll see what happens. It, you know, it never hurts. Um, you know, we already have Keith Holcomb playing for us, and he played football. You know in the past so the more the merrier i suppose <laughs> absolutely absolutely All on the subject of shavers and in alabama football what have been your thoughts on um the whirlwind that has been the offseason for alabama football um i think it's a good thing honestly i uh you know i that was not fun getting beat in the manner that we did but honestly i'd rather lose like that than just get beat at the last second um I think it kind of woke us up and it gave us a little, a little bit of a wake up call. I think um, you know I, I can't disagree with Nick Saban at all. Um, I am opinionated, but at the end of the day, it's Nick Saban. Um, but I think he's doing the right thing and, and getting rid of some of the coaches and making some coach changes. I think he got a little too, um, too caught up in the in the recruiting coaches, and then you know it's it's the fifteenth game of the year, and you know your defense still doesn't know where to line up. Like that's. You know, that, that, that comes into coaching. So I think he's getting a lot more of a veteran staff instead of these young guys that recruit. Um, so now he's getting recruiters and coaches because, I mean, you can recruit all you want, but, you know, it doesn't really matter if you can't produce with it. So, um, but we were a really young team. And our, I mean, our defense was banged up all year and nobody ever talked about it. I, I think the defense, um, you know, it shut out Mississippi State and LSU. So it kind of got some, I mean, it, it did, we had a solid defense this year, but, you know, we gave up 31 points to Arkansas. That's that's not good. Um, right. I, I kind of I was kind of under the uh, impression that we would outscore everybody, so it wouldn't matter how much we gave up. But uh, I think we got exposed during the national championship, and I think it's kind of a good thing to kind of wake us up a little bit, and uh, you know, don't just get to show up because we're Alabama and beat everybody. I suppose because Clemson and had been making a case for themselves all year, and Dabo Sweeney. I've heard reports that he was preparing for Alabama. Um, even before playing Notre Dame. And so, you know, uh, not that there was an unfair advantage either way, but Clemson had that six weeks or whatever it was between uh, the ACC championship and when the playoffs started until they knew, you know, they could handle Notre Dame. They knew what it beat to know, knew what it took to beat Notre Dame. And so they could, you know, start preparing for Alabama in their minds um, until the week of the game, and then they could do their, their Notre Dame preparations. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they won't ever admit it, but I mean, I, 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 you know, you never want to take a team lightly, especially with Clemson. Um, obviously, Clemsoning isn't much of a thing anymore, but they had a they had a little reputation in the past where they would kill a team that they shouldn't beat, and then they would lose to uh, they would lose to a team they shouldn't lose to. So uh, you know, you can't get too cocky, but I mean, Notre Dame's a joke. I, you know, I had. I knew somebody at the game, and they were like, yeah, you could tell when they were warming up that Notre Dame didn't belong on the field, similar to how they lined up against Alabama, you know, when we beat them in the national championship. I knew when Notre Dame ran out of the tunnel, we'd kill them, and I'm the most negative fan ever. Right. And they ran out of the tunnel, I was like, we're going to win. Like, <laughs> like, I must be even worried. So, um, you know, I think I wasn't as – I didn't think Clemson – I knew they were good. They were the two best teams in the country for sure that met up, but uh, – you know, I, their schedule is a bit of a joke um, compared to Alabama's. But you know what? If they can hang with Alabama and beat Alabama, then I can't really say a whole lot about their schedule, you know? That's I, true. I, they, I, they got us this time. We got them the time before, but it'll be interesting to see where things 
move going forward. We're talking to Will Elliott on the Galloway podcast, episode three. You can follow Will on Twitter at Will underscore Elliott 22. And one of my favorite things to do is is on Monday nights and Tuesday nights, whenever he watches it, to look at Will's live tweets of The Bachelor. Will, give us an update on where you stand uh, in this new season of The Bachelor. You know, I, I really... You know, traditionally, I've always kind of liked, like, I like chick flicks. Like, I'll be honest, I'm not going to sit and watch them by myself, but I don't mind it. And, you know, I, I was forced to watch The Bachelor, um, and, you know, I, I started watching it, and I was like, this is quality TV. Like, this is some quality content. I have nothing to do. Lots you know, of drama. Right. And football season, you can tell it's all fake. But I was like, football season is over with. Uh, me and Alabama basketball have a weird relationship. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to watch The Bachelor. I watched it, and I was like, oh, that was terrible. But secretly, I was like, that's pretty good. I watched the next episode, and then next thing you know, I'm, I'm all in. I'm actually I'm actually going to watch it tonight, so I'm really excited about it. Um, it, it it's fun. I mean, there's nothing else to do, and, and people think it's funny, I suppose. So, you know, I can't really complain about it. But, I mean, it's it's quality TV if you like entertainment. So uh, I'm interested to see what happens this week. Who, uh, who stood out to you so far? I think, well... I'm a little mad because somebody already ruined it, but um, Cassie, I think it's Cassie. It's either Cassie or Callie. Cassie is definitely the best. She's from California, and she isn't getting a lot of camera time, which means she's going to be a big factor because um, the ones that get camera time, they're usually either about to get cut or they're going to mess up. Um, I can kind of see how that works. Um, she is my favorite, and apparently that's who wins. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if it's true, but someone ruined it for me, and I'm kind of mad. But I'm still gonna watch it. So she's my favorite. Um, I went to high school with one of the girls on the show, and she's done great too. So yeah, I saw that on Twitter. I thought, what? Because there's two Alabama girls, if I'm correct. Right. right. Yeah. One one is from Tuscaloosa, and my buddies went to high school with her that are from here. And then um, I went to Hoover, and Hannah. She got the first. She got the first rose on the first week. She um, she went to Hoover. She was a uh, great ahead of me. But I, I mean, I knew her, so she was. She's really nice. So. She's done well, too. It's funny to be at that age where girls from your high school, whether it be a year or two removed or whatever, are on that show, and you're like, hold on. I, I saw that person roaming the halls in middle school or high school, whatever it was. Right. It's just yeah, so I was funny. Like, Man, I kind of need, need to get my stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, that, uh, that whole Bachelor series has, has been interesting to watch. A lot of drama and um, you know, pure, pure entertainment for a good Monday night. Uh, Will, yeah, we're, in that, we're in that little sports lull right now, so I'm kind of like, you know, the NHL playoffs haven't really kicked in, so I'm just kind of like, you know what, baseball hasn't started, here I am. If we can make it through this point in the sports season, and we can make it through that late July, early August Ooh. drought, then right. then we can make it through anything. So, exactly. college basketball is the... NCAA March Madness Tournament is slowly approaching. I'm excited about that. We're talking to Will Elliott on the Gallo Way podcast. Will, before I let you go, um, talk about your band, Old South Band, and any gigs you'll have coming up. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we're we actually, uh, I know when someone says they're in a band, everybody's kind of like, eh. But uh, we're actually pretty good. We play pretty much every weekend um, during the school year. We have, we're playing at Galette's this Thursday night um, and then at Will House Friday night. So we're about to go into full force. But we're on a, we have a good time. We're a good country band. Um, and it's really cool. We all get along. We all like sports and everything. And, and we just happen to do the music thing for fun. I mean, I've always loved music. I like music more than I like sports. So um, we, we have a really, really good time with it. And we actually have a, a bit of a fan base around here. So um, we're on Spotify and all that if y'all want to check us out. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all that good stuff, YouTube. Um, if y'all want to give us a listen, uh, we'd really appreciate it and appreciate the feedback. This has been an interview with Will Elliott on the Gallo Way podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Will underscore Elliott 22. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of entertainment, a lot of fun. And, Will, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Roll Tide. So a big thank you to Will Elliott for joining the show. Great conversation with him there. Moving on to the next section of the Gallo Way podcast, we're going to go around the world of sports briefly and just talk about a variety of things. You know, we're not going to talk about The Bachelor, but I will discuss the NFL, college basketball, NBA, uh, and variety a variety of Alabama sports. So let's get started. Okay, the NFL 
the Pro Bowl. What in the world is up with the Pro Bowl? Because no one cares. I ran a Twitter poll, and I received 283 votes. So for the 283 of you that may or may not listen to this and may or may not have voted in my poll, um, the results were as follows. I said, do you care about the Pro Bowl? And I got 92% that said, no, I do not care. And I had 8% uh, vote, yes, I do care. And so I think that's like 25, 26, 27 people. Uh, of those 283 that care about the Pro Bowl, which is insane because, you know, it's the NFL, which is obviously a huge market. Um, it's the Pro Bowl, and so you know, the celebrating the success of these players, and nobody cares about it. And that's not just from my small, insignificant Twitter poll that no one cares about it. It's widely just rejected. You know, not many people care about it. Well, well here's the thing with the Pro Bowl. It doesn't, it doesn't do much for you. It's not like baseball where the winner of the All-Star game gets to have the home field advantage in the World Series. I mean, for crying out loud, you've got offensive players playing defense at the end of the game. Of course no one's going to watch your product. And it falls at a, at a rough time. I mean, you've got, you've got players who didn't make the Super Bowl and they're like, oh, well, congratulations, you get a spot on the Pro Bowl team. And, you know, sure, that's a, it's good for their publicity and, and their marketing and PR and all that, but they'd rather be playing in the Super Bowl because they just lost in their conference championship last week. Look at those Chiefs players and look at those Saints players that are playing. And sure, they, they go out there and they have a good time, but they'd much rather be playing in the Super Bowl. I mean, th- there's just there's no doubt about that. And it's not at a great time. Sure, it falls in between the week of the AFC and the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, and they put a product on TV. That's great. But, you know, maybe two weeks after the Super Bowl, I don't know. I don't think it's at a great time. The Pro Bowl, I mean, Alabama had some players in it, and so, you know, that that keeps the fan interest. For for Alabama, you know, the, the team had five players in the Pro Bowl, and so that's significant. You can you can market that to your recruits in college, and you can say, "Oh, look, we had Julio Jones in the Pro Bowl. We had Landon Collins in the Pro Bowl. We had Amari Cooper, uh, C.J. Mosley, and Eddie Jackson." And you market to all the recruits. You're like, "Look, these guys are playing at the highest level, and they get to go play in the Pro Bowl." Well, you know, the Pro Bowl is great and all for high school recruiting and saying you can get to the NFL, but at the end of the day, people. Fans don't care about the Pro Bowl. Fans don't care what what happens or who wins. I mean, like I said, you've got defensive players playing offense. And so that's it's just a mess. Uh, sure, if you watched it, great. If you appreciate it, great. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your thoughts on the Pro Bowl by tweeting me at WM underscore Galloway on Twitter. I want to hear what you have to say about the Pro Bowl. But the more important football game is the Super Bowl. Obviously, Super Bowl 53 coming up this weekend. The Patriots versus the Rams. It's going to be an incredible game in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, I've got the Patriots. I don't know about y'all, but uh, Tom Brady playing in his ninth Super Bowl. Uh, of course, that's significant. It's hard. It's really hard to pick against the Patriots and all the success they've had. Uh Right now, the Patriots are a two-and-a-half point favorite. The over-under is set at 56-and-a-half, which I believe was one of the AFC or NFC's over-under was 56-and-a-half. And so we'll see. I would take the over on that, but that's just me. Uh, Super Bowl commercials. You know, everyone loves the commercials on the Super Bowl. I appreciate them, and I enjoy watching but unless I'm sitting down on my couch in my living room, I'm not going to be able to hear the commercials because of the Super Bowl party or you know the loud environment that you're in when you watch the Super Bowl with multiple people. Uh, but I do appreciate the Super Bowl commercials. We might talk about that on a future podcast, so tweet me and let me know what your favorite Super Bowl commercial was. Uh, I'll definitely be tweeting if I'm able to hear the commercials. If it's quiet enough wherever I'm watching the game, haven't decided. It's not big enough. For me, like the college football championship, national championship, where I'm going to say I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch it at this place, and I have that set out. The Super Bowl for me is just kind of a, uh, you know, I'll go wherever I can find some free chicken wings, if we're being honest. And so, uh, again, Super Bowl 53, Patriots versus Rams. 
I like the Patriots. Like I said, I don't think they're going to lose two in a row. This is Tom Brady's ninth Super Bowl. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Bill Belichick, of course, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, and I don't really particularly care who wins. If the Patriots do or don't win, I just expect that the Patriots are going to win. Uh, I'm no NFL expert at this point in my life, but I would say if I could have it my way, I'd have the Patriots win and Roger Goodell very reluctantly hand over the Lombardi Trophy to a not-so-sober Robert Kraft postgame. I think that would be hilarious. But anyways, all that said, Super Bowl 53 kicks off Sunday at 5.30 p.m. on CBS. The Patriots and the Rams in Atlanta. Jim Nance and Tony Romo will steal the show. They might be better than the game itself. We'll just have to see. So that's the NFL update. Moving now on to the NBA. Saturday night, the Celtics and the Warriors played. The Warriors took down the Celtics in Boston, 115 to 111. It was a pretty good game most of the night. Uh, there had been some great college basketball leading up to it in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and the nightcap was fantastic. Uh, once the Auburn-Mississippi State game wrapped up, I could put all my attention on that Warriors-Celtics game, and of course the Warriors uh, pulled away there at the end. Do I think the Warriors will lose a game? Honestly, no, but like, yeah, sure, they're going to lose if someone gets injured or, you know, they've got road back-to-backs, whatever it is. I, I just don't think the Warriors will lose more than probably three to five games for the rest of the year. Now that Boogie Cousins is back and they're just playing phenomenal basketball, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. So I'm going to take a quick look now at the NBA standings. Currently, the Bucks are in first in the Eastern Conference, followed by the Raptors, Pacers, Sixers, Celtics, Nets, Heat, and Hornets to wrap out the top eight in the East. In the West, Golden State is number one. Where they're 36 and 14. Denver Nuggets are 34 and 15 at number two. Thunder at three. Trailblazers at four. Rockets at five. Spurs at six. Utah Jazz at seven. LA Clippers at eight. And LeBron and company are knocking on the door at nine. Now, before we go off into our next topic and, and leave the NBA, you know, we do want to mention, I do want to mention the Anthony Davis. Um, reports from yesterday. This is publication date is Tuesday, January 29th. Yesterday, uh, Woj for ESPN reported about Anthony Davis requesting um, to uh, requesting a trade and rumors of him being linked to L.A. because of Rich Paul and the connections between Davis and Rich Paul, and of course, Rich Paul's connections with LeBron James. Uh, I'm not sure where Davis is going to go. You know, I don't have a great read on that. But if Anthony Davis ends up in L.A., Lonzo Ball and his family better send uh, get their bags packing because they would be gone. And to see if A.D. and LeBron could team up for LeBron's last few years in the league, that would be something. So we'll see what Magic Johnson and the front office can do there for the L.A. Lakers with those Anthony Davis rumors. Um, moving on from the NBA, staying in the basketball world, I want to give a shout-out to Trenton Watford at Mountain Brook High School. He was named a McDonald's All-American, um, and he will play in that game uh, in late March in State Farm Arena in Atlanta. So congratulations to Trenton. Uh, it means for him the world. You know, It's the highest honor that a high school basketball player can get is to be named one of those top players in the country and play for the McDonald's All-American game. Uh, and to have that on his resume is huge. Talk to him about it and talk to his dad about it. Uh, his parents are very proud, and he's very excited. Um, we talked with him on the last podcast, and right now his goal is to just get that state championship and win the third in a row, uh, third state championship in a row. However, you know, you got to acknowledge something like this and all the hard work that he's put in to get here because no one from Mount Brook High School has ever been named a McDonald's All-American. I believe the last one from Birmingham was a uh, former Alabama player and – legend Buck Johnson. Buck Johnson originally from Birmingham, Alabama, and so he was the last one from the Birmingham area. Uh, he joins, Wadford joins the fraternity of guys that have, have gone on to play in the McDonald's All-American, such as Josh Langford, who graduated Madison Academy in 2016 from Huntsville. Jermichael Green from St. Jude in Montgomery um, was named a McDonald's All-American 
in 2008. Of course, Jermichael Green went on to play at Alabama. A great career there. Now with the Memphis Grizzlies, Josh Langford currently with the Michigan State Spartans. So congratulations to Trenton Watford for being named the McDonald's All-American So keeping it in the basketball world, we're going to talk about college basketball standings and rankings in the SEC. Tennessee is number one overall. Of course, they're number one in the country in that new AP poll released yesterday. LSU uh, is the only other undefeated team in conference play in the SEC. Tennessee and LSU are both 6-0. Tennessee 1, LSU 2. Kentucky and South Carolina are both 5-1. Uh, Ole Miss is four and two. Mississippi State three and three. Alabama three and three. Alabama's got that headline matchup against a ranked opponent in Mississippi State. Mississippi State is fifteen and four. Alabama twelve and seven. Uh, below Alabama, Florida, Auburn, Arkansas, Missouri, Georgia, Texas A and M, and Vanderbilt. Auburn is two and four in conference play, and they have lost their last three, and so. In no means are they a sinking program, are they falling down or whatever. Uh, They've just run into a tough stretch. And this week they've got, of course, Alabama on Saturday. That's going to be an incredible game, an environment down there. I don't plan on going down there as of right now, but I'll be watching it on TV, and it's the Iron Bowl of basketball. I'm sorry, uh, Cole Kublick, but it's the Iron Bowl of basketball, and so that's going to be a good one uh, and a great test for Auburn at home this Saturday. And so looking at the AP poll, Tennessee is number one, as I mentioned, Duke two, Virginia three, Gonzaga four, Michigan five, Michigan State six, Kentucky seven, up one from last week, Nevada eight, Nevada's down one from last week, Nevada is 19-1, and one, and of course they play in the Mountain West you get the chance to watch some of their basketball, uh, I definitely recommend it. That's one thing that I'm going to start doing is watching more Nevada basketball. To round out the top 10, North Carolina is number 9, and Marquette is number 10. So that's the AP Top 25 and SEC basketball rankings, and uh, that's just a look at that. Moving on to close out the show, we've got a look at Alabama athletics. Um, we're going to highlight here starting uh, Alabama Gymnastics. Friday night heights, if you will. Alabama fell to LSU in Coleman Coliseum last Friday night in a very close matchup. Uh, they will travel to Missouri this Friday, February 1st at 7.30 on the SEC Network for some more Friday night heights. Uh, their next home meet is Friday, February 15th versus Florida at 7.30. So come on out after that baseball home opener against Presbyterian to Coleman Coliseum. Shoot over from the Joe to Coleman Coliseum for Alabama Gymnastics as they take on the Florida Gators. You know what else is coming to Coleman Coliseum very soon? Alabama women's basketball. They're back to the hardwood in action on Sunday, this Sunday, against number 6 Mississippi State. So Alabama men's and women's basketball get Mississippi State at home in the same week. This is a huge game, obviously, Mississippi State women's basketball is one of the best programs in the country, and so that game uh, will be this Sunday at noon against one of the best teams in the country. So come on out, and also just a quick update on that that program, Alabama women's basketball. They're eleven and ten. They're three and five in conference play. However, they got a big win on the road at Georgia. Uh, this past Sunday, 58-53, so only a couple days ago. A big win there. Once again, Alabama women's basketball um, off until Sunday when they host Mississippi State. Huge game, so come on out for that. Moving on to the Diamond, Alabama softball opens up their season February 8th in a Troy tournament tournament at Troy University. They will face Murray State, Troy, and Maryland. They'll play five games in three days, two on Friday two on Saturday, and one on Sunday. Uh, This Alabama softball program in its 23rd year under uh, head coach Patrick Murphy, he's done an incredible job with this program, and I'm telling you, this year is going to be special. They've got a freshman right-handed pitcher, Montana Fouts. She's from Kentucky. She's likely going to be All-SEC, All-American. The expectations for her are very high, so it's going to be a fun season. Come on out to Rhodes Stadium. Whenever you can this spring, I think Alabama starts late February is when their first home game will be a home series 
in Road Stadium. Alabama softball starting soon. High expectations. One of the most successful Alabama athletics programs. So be sure to watch that team as they do their thing and excel this spring on the diamond. So this podcast, episode three, is coming to a close. Thank you so much for listening intently. If you're still here with me in minute 50, I really appreciate it. Uh, It means the world to me that you would take your time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. Seriously, it means a lot. And uh, just going back over today's episode, we talked about Alabama basketball, uh, Alabama football, Uh, We talked about all different things going on within the Alabama football program and what they're doing this offseason and what has been going on. Uh, We interviewed Will Elliott and talked to Will about Alabama baseball. We talked to him about uh, his band and, of course, you know, his live tweets of The Bachelor every week. I always tune in for those. Those are a hoot and a half. We talked about the NBA, the Warriors, and how they're doing. They went over the Celtics, talked about the standings there. Once again, congratulations to Trenton Watford for being named a McDonald's All-American. That's huge for him, for my high school, my alma mater, and of course just the state of Alabama, uh, the representation that that is. Talked about SEC basketball, the rankings there, the AP rankings as well in college basketball, and then highlighted Bama gymnastics, Bama women's basketball, and Alabama softball. So be sure to make it out to some of those games. Very important to go and support those programs as they're very successful and look to have success in the future and depend on loyal Alabama fans. So that's it today for episode three of the Galloway podcast. I'm your host, William Galloway. Remember to follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. Tweet me with any thoughts or opinions on the show. I'd love all the feedback, positive and negative. It really helps me entertain you and cultivate something that uh, creates something quality to listen to and so thanks again for listening have a great day there's the right way there's the wrong way and there's the galloway